Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Good afternoon. It is Monday, 4 p.m., and we are here, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Yes, we are. We're here, and it's mm-hmm. the holiday season. It is. I'm really uh, pumped, and I say this every week. I, I was almost going to start singing, but I thought I would spare everyone. <laughs> uh, we're going to learn something really good this week. <laughs> you can't I'm just telling stop you. saying it. No, no. There's going to be a week where we don't learn anything, but everything, I don't think today is it. Everything that we have ever spoken about on every show, Yeah, all rolls up into kind of... Um, whether or not you can sell it. Oh, that's so true. And I, I'm not good at it. Right. So I'm getting better at it, but I'm not that great at it. Yeah. And we're real excited. We're going to bring out our guest in a minute. Um, you know, uh, because I think we can make a difference if we learn how to sell the difference we want to make properly. Right. Um, I think. It took me a minute to get what you where you were going with that, but I've got it now. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got a gift in the mail. In the meantime, um, I got a Joe Pepitone autographed baseball. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That that shows my age. I have to see. Uh, I think our guest is from uh, the West Coast. Let's see. Joe Pepitone would be around the time of um, I don't know Willie Davis maybe. From the Dodgers, or of course, you know, the, uh, the, the Mays, Willie Mays days. Of anyway. Course, of course. Everyone um, knows that. So yeah. <laughs> Stay where you are. We have a really, really good show today. We're going to learn a lot. Um, put the anger down, put the rhetoric down, put the politics down, sunset it. It's not getting us anywhere, right? We can do better. Um, and we need to focus on ourselves. The mission of Corporate Talk is to make a difference in the world, even as one person. And the world needs us now more than ever. Wow, you changed that a little bit today. You're going into 2016 with both guns blazing. Well, you know, the clock ticks, right? We don't have much time. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to get going. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to also say that we we take a lot of pride, all kidding aside, in the content we bring and we take a lot of pride in our guests and we take a lot of pride in the fact that we meet our guests personally. Yes. Um, and, uh, I, I remember some of the thoughts I had when I met our current guest and I would love to, um, bring him on because we have a lot to talk about. You're talking about sales today. Sales, direct sales. Um, but you know what? That, really covers so many different things. Well, it does. And I agree with Joe that if you can't sell, I mean, you can't even make it in corporate. Right. So let's um, let's hear from the master himself. I would like to introduce our very special guest, Joe Vizello. Are you with us, Joe? I am, Charlie and Eva. How you doing? 
Hey. We're good. Yes. Uh, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And we are really excited, Joe, to have you. I remember when we met, and I have some thoughts that I want to bring up as we go through our show today because we're excited and we want to learn. So we need your help, right? <laughs> I love it. Well, you can hit me with anything. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to be of service. I do want to say one thing, though. Joe Pepitone was one of my favorites. Really? Uh, oh. And I grew up I grew up and, and still live in Los Angeles, California, if you can believe that. I've been here my entire life. I just celebrated my uh, 55th birthday. But the reason I always loved Joe Pepitone is his name is Joseph Anthony Pepitone. And my name is Joseph Anthony Bazzalo. So we share a first name and a middle name. So there's a piece of trivia for you. So I know who Joe Pepitone is. That's great. That's, that's really good. I know. I remember I was uh, in the 60s. Uh, my uncles used to love when Pepit- Pepitone will hit it out. Don't worry. He'll hit it out. That's <laughs> oh, because he's Italian, right? Yeah. And you make, mother- you make fun of my mom for bringing up the Polish people. But um, Italians kind of do the same thing. And let it just be said that you also share the same middle name. Anthony, every Anthony. Italian. Yeah, every Italian. Uh, I think that's, I think that's uh, Eva, that's the law. I think if you're Italian, you have to throw an Anthony in there someplace, right? Anthony. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Joe, why don't you share your website contact uh, information for our listeners so we can, they can follow along? Well, absolutely. Um, the, the website that supports uh, most all of my work in sales and sales leadership is uh, CAP Equation. The, the word CAP, C-A-P, and the word Equation, E-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N, CAPEquation.com. So if they Excellent. go to CAPEquation.com, there are blogs, there are podcasts, there's other. There's a lot of free stuff. All they need to do is leave their, their name and a first name and email address, and it kind of unlocks a vault of some great complimentary sales and leadership training material. Excellent. So, uh, capequation.com, uh, I agree. Go there. Just put your name. Do whatever you got to do to check in with Joe because, uh, you know, it's a little intimidating with you sales guys. I don't know what it is, but there's some sort of, some sort of, uh, Because confidence. we're always afraid that we're going to buy something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now, well, now hold I'm on. Actually- I'm actually going to, uh, in preparation of being on the show, that I was really excited about being on your show. I, what I did is I elevated to the site uh, an ebook and an audio book for free for the listeners. So if they go there today, uh, or actually I'll keep it up for the next three days, if they just put in their first name and email address, they're going to get an hour-long uh, audio book and PDF called Unconsciously Great Prospecting. So that's free for the guests on Corporate Talk. Oh, great. Wow. Thank you. Nice. That's okay. So, Joe. Okay, already we're we're grateful. So thank you very much. And I want everybody just uh, make sure you stay with us until the end of the show because we're gonna we're gonna learn until the very last minute, as always. Right. Yes. And the only reason why I keep saying this, Joe, is we we had a had a not such a great experience with a with a sales uh, so called expert in the past that we can talk about a little bit later, but I want to get back to the CAP equation because it sounds interesting, and I know you have a book of the same name, so what exactly is that? 
the cap equation, uh, let me explain first the, uh, the origin of it. And uh, the subtitle of the book, by the way, it's available on Amazon, The Cap Equation, A Foolproof Formula for Unlimited Success in Sales. So what I've done is I've taken um, 37 years of sales and sales training and leadership experience and really consolidated it into a formula that's very easy to follow. So CAP stands for, the C in CAP stands for competency. The A in CAP stands for attitudes. And the P in CAP stands for Pipeline practices. Pipeline is a, a very popular current phrase for all the prospects we, we have to see. Now, the origin of it, the origin of the cap equation actually goes back to 1980. In 1980, I was a young sales manager for Pennsylvania Life. And Charlie and Eva, we were selling, if you could believe this, I know this is going to sound funny, but I was going door to door in the, in the business community selling a $39 accident policy for business owners. Can you believe that premium? Wow. That was an annual premium. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 1979. I was 18 years old and I, and I fought through that first year in the business. I fought through many obstacles and walls and some of those stories are, are in the book because they're teaching and, and learning stories. We learn through stories. We actually sell by telling stories. But what what occurred was I was, uh, gosh, uh, 19 years old, almost 20 years old, and they made me a sales manager. And I asked them, why are you offering me an opportunity to be a sales trainer with a company? And the answer was, well, anyone who stays around here for a year, we automatically promote. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but I That's... thought, okay, well, I'll accept the promotion. I'll start training people. And one of the requirements was that I go out in the field with the top and senior uh, sales manager, his name was John Jamalkowski. Now he's Polish. <laughs> I, I don't want go. that to. I don't want that to. So John Jamalkowski is one of my early mentors, but he was a man of very few words. We worked like a dog for about three or four hours in the field, prospecting and cold calling, and then we stopped. And I thought we were going to have a leisurely lunch, but his idea of an effective lunch was 15 minutes at a chili dog stand in Camarillo, California. So. We stopped and had this chili dog, and he was, he told me what to order, and it was this beautiful chili dog. He ordered three of them, by the way, and he was about done with his third chili dog, and I was trying to choke down my first, but I was told, ask John a lot of questions about his philosophies of sales and sales training. He gets more people into business. He has the highest retention of salespeople, and as you know, and as we'll talk about, there's a high turnover in sales, and there's a reason for that. But they told me that I should uh, soak up as much wisdom as I could from John. But John really wasn't saying much during the day, the first part of the day, because we were cold calling and working. He certainly wasn't wasn't able to talk with a mouthful of chili dog. So as soon as he, he, he grabbed a breath, I asked him, I said, John, would you please share your, your philosophies on, on sales and sales training? How do you get so many people into business so quickly and, and so deep into production? And he mm -hmm. said, well, buddy boy. It's like this, and, and Charlie and Eva was a, a soundbite. Really, it was everything I ever needed to learn about sale, sales and sales training, sales mastery. It was really the the epiphany. I call it the chili dog epiphany. It was the epiphany that, that the cap equation was born out of. He, he said this. He said, if, if someone fails in sales, it's really because of one of three things, uh, one of three reasons. Either number one, they don't say the right thing. Or number two, they don't say them in the right way. And he was really talking about confidence and attitude. And he said if, if 
uh, if they're still failing, then they haven't said that those things to enough people. So they're either not saying the right things in the right way or to enough people. And that was the lesson that I took from John Jankowski that day. Wow. And in, in, my, in my way of boiling that down uh, to finish up on this point, is it, and it took me probably weeks and months to figure out exactly how I could use what John Jankowski taught me, but really, in my mind, he was saying that you have to be comp- uh, confident. There are a number of competencies that you have to have in sales, regardless whether you're selling, as we talked about, everyone is in sales. You guys were kind of beating around that bush before you introduced me. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to sell in corporate America. Uh, but there are a number of competencies we have to learn. We have to learn how to say the right things. And then attitudes, if we combine that with the right attitude, the way to think, feel, and respond when we run into obstacles, and I teach a lot of how to think, feel, and respond and how to coach yourself while you're in the field or on, on the phone or in front of someone. And then if we have the right competencies figured out, if we're working on that attitude, that million-dollar uh, uh, outlook, and if we multiply that by enough people, the pipeline, the P, so C added to A multiplied by P, that equals a formula that really uh, almost guarantees someone's success in sales if they'll just work that formula. So that's how the CAP equation was born. I'm just digesting it, right? <laughs> and um, it's great. It is. And um, it takes a lot of skill, Joe, on your part to uh, figure all that out. Yeah, to distill it down into a simple equation. Right. Because while there's actually a lot there. And yeah. while you're learning at the same mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell. We're going to take a break in, uh, in a minute, but... Um, you can tell you're very easy to speak to, mm-hmm. and you can tell that uh, selling comes very easy to you from probably practicing these techniques from the P part. From the well, yeah, uh, right. we're gonna we're gonna talk more about it. Uh, Evil be coming back, and then in segment three, um, I have some uh, really interesting questions, um, but. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, before we go to break, how is, uh, have you ever stayed in touch with uh, that guy, your mentor at all? I saw John Jamlikowski, uh one time uh, many years after I moved on from Penn Life to another company. and He was coming out of a building and I was going into the building. He had finished employment and I, I stopped him and he gave me a hug and I thanked him or what he had done for me, and he just shrugged it off, and he said, I was just doing my job. And what he remembered about that day is he he didn't remember that conversation. I I reminded him about it, and he didn't seem to remember. What he remembered was the number of units he sold that day. He was such a a prospecting and selling machine that he remembered (laughs) how much we sold that day. But he he shrugged it off like it wasn't any big deal, which kind of tells me that sometimes, Charlie and Eva, we have no idea what we say and how we say it, we have no idea how that might affect someone's career. Oh, yeah, so no, true. I agree. Yeah. Um, this is really good. Uh, we have to take a break. Uh, we will be back in one minute. Please stay with us. Uh, uh, Corporate Talk will be right back with our special guest today, Joe Bazell.
Care Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We're in segment two, and our guest today is Joe Bazzello. He's the author of The Cap Equation, a foolproof formula for unlimited success in sales. He's also a speaker and trainer and a selling expert. And so, Joe, I love your explanation of the cap equation. I mean, you just really distilled it down mm-hmm. in a really great way. But one of the things you had kind of brought up right before you got into the cap equation was that there's a really high turnover in sales. And I've worked with a lot of software vendors throughout my career, and I would always see one vendor going you know, one sales guy going from one vendor to the next to the next. You know, why is there such a high turnover in sales? I was just wondering. Well, I, I believe there it, it, it's never one thing. It's usually a, um, a fabric of reasons. Uh, and, I, you know, I have to tell you that I uh, work with a company. I won't mention the name of the company. It's a fine organization earlier this year. And one of the sales managers handed me a report. He said, we just did an 18-month study and found that after 18 months, only 11% of the people we hired, it was a, a commission organization, but only 11% of the people we hired were still active, and some of them were active but not making a full-time living. So that's an 89% failure rate in that particular organization at that time. And when I analyzed what they were doing and when I, I look at the body of work I've had over 35 to 37 years, I believe it could be distilled down into a few reasons. First of all, and this is going to sound like an outrageous uh, claim, but most organizations, most sales organizations that we join are really horrible at training. Mm. And what I mean by that is they, they may offer training, but in many cases they're promoting people so quickly and they're promoting some really great salespeople and a really great salesperson sometimes, and in fact, most often, is not the best sales trainer in the world. They're not very patient. Uh, in fact, they've been operating in the zone so long that they don't know how to even teach or train. They haven't stopped and, and taken the time to reflect on why they do things and how mm-hmm. they can articulate those things to people. A good example of that is Michael Jordan. Would we agree that Michael Jordan was arguably either the best or one of the top two or three best individual basketball players of all time? Yes, yes. However, he failed miserably as a coach. Mm. And we would also probably argue, now I have a bias to Magic Johnson because I'm an L.A. guy, but we could probably argue that Magic was one of the top three to five individual uh, best and most talented. And he only had 17 days as a coach before he quit. And really when you think about it, some great salespeople are promoted in a sales training position because of their great producers. 
but they really don't know how to articulate what they do. So I, when I look at organizations, I see that many people are playing out of position. So one of the reasons that an external sales coach, sales expert, sales trainer like me is always going to be in demand and always going to be busy is people go outside of their buzz, uh, bubble looking for exter- external training, external expertise. The other thing that, that happens is a lot of salespeople uh, are taught uh, their products, their programs, their services, uh, but they're not, and they're they're given some some great product understanding. But product understanding is not sales and, and marketing understanding. They're not really taught the fine art of prospecting, and they're really not taught how to engage and listen. Most people are taught, and sales has, has changed drastically over the last decade, especially the last five years. People want to be engaged. People don't want to be pitched at anymore. People don't uh, uh, want to have a a very wordy salesperson sitting in their home or or in their office. They prefer to have a conversation, a two-way conversation. They prefer to be engaged. They prefer to be understood. So the way we sell and the way we buy, especially with millennials moving into the workforce, Mm -hmm. is different today. So I think most organizations are horrible at training. I think some people are playing out of position. Uh, I think that the way we sell has changed, and some organizations have drafted onto this and some aren't. And then the biggest reason, I'm going to give you the number one reason people uh, fail and quit in a, uh, a, a sales position, and that is that they don't have the ability to reframe two words, and those two words are failure and rejection. <laughs> so, Charlie and Eva, have you ever met a person who said, oh, gosh, I thought I was going to do well at sales. I was really looking forward to it, but I couldn't handle the rejection. I couldn't handle all the failure. You've heard that, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, from each other. Right. <laughs> well, because, I mean, who likes that, right? I mean, but, but I think it was what you were saying in the beginning about the pipeline and doing it enough because – I would think that after a while, after you've done it enough and you've been rejected enough, you finally get to the point where you start, you either learn from it or you let go of it. And when you start to learn from it, you start to turn it around. But I think at first, I would think that most people would have to be rejected a lot before they learn to be, how to be a good salesperson. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're on the right track. But think about this also. Let me add to that that some people, uh, haven't been taught how to reframe or relabel even those two words to turn them into to something mm. that they truly are. Because we, we look at failure and we say, well, I went out today. And typically when a salesman, salesperson goes out, they may go, they may have a rough day prospecting, not sell anything and then go home. And their spouse will ask the question, well, what did you sell today? And they'll say nothing. And it's not a very positive conversation because the spouse uh, the, the man or woman at home is looking for them to carry their weight, make a living, and keep food on the table. It's the real world. But let's think about that word failure. Failure only occurs when someone actually quits and leaves the position. What we teach in the CAP equation and what all great professional sales trainers teach is that failure really isn't failure at all. Uh, what we label as failure is really a metric result. We offered, we made a presentation, we offered our product, service, or program to someone. They said no, or they said no right now. And really the key, uh, Eva, was in what you said. What did we learn from that? That was really feedback. It wasn't failure. So if we reframe that, the word failure as feedback, 
what we learn to do is stumble forward, not stumble backward. And then you take the word rejection, and you hear that a lot. Oh, it was massive rejection. I couldn't handle rejection. And when you think about it, when we're selling our product programs and services, the majority of the time we're selling them to uh, people that don't know us. They don't know us personally. They don't really even know our organization. They really aren't even going to take the time to, to carefully understand what our offering is. They're going to say no before we have a chance to present, or they're going to listen to us half-heartedly, and they have 10 other things on their mind that are front burner priorities that they, they're really not hearing us and they're going to turn us down. really isn't rejection at all because they don't know us personally. So it can't, first of all, it doesn't fit in the, in the category of personal rejection. And secondarily, they really haven't taken the time to carefully vet out what we're offering. So they're really not rejecting us. And, and so again, that's, it's simply metric data. It's feedback. So one of the things we teach someone to do right up front in sales is to understand that a no or a no, not right now, is a failure, it is a rejection. Those aren't even logical words to attach to it. It's feedback or a metric result that could be analyzed in volume to look for trends and look for opportunities to improve. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense, and I really like the way you word that. You can tell that he's really good in sales, right? You can tell, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot so. of hard work behind it. But then also... So let's say, you know, we're out there and we're selling. How do you know what's the problem if you're getting a lot of rejection? So you're not getting a lot of sales. You've been putting it out there. Um, how do you know if it's what you said or whether or not you've done it enough or if you haven't said it the right way? How, which parts of the cap equation do you know how to work on? One of the things we, we offer, in fact, I, I think it's still up on our site for free, is a CAF score. And someone could look at the typical, I've, I've developed an inventory of, uh, inventory of the, the competencies that most salespeople will have to master, which is understanding your, your market, understanding your products, understanding how to prospect, understanding how to present, understanding how to close. And those are the, you know, that, that's blocking and tackling. Then in the category of attitude, uh, I've assembled a number of attitudes, how to think, feel, and respond, how to coach yourself off the wall, how to look at failure and rejection, and then a lot of pipeline practice, um, best practices and, uh, uh, as well. So someone could actually go on, grab that CAF score, and actually score themselves. But one of the things that I like to do is I like to uh, ask a person to role play a lot, and I, I like to ask a person not to wing it. So the very first thing I want to do with someone is make sure they're modeling Charlie and Eva a great script, a script that works. So one of the first things we're going to do is is ask someone to uh, role play. Uh, to uh, if they have to, uh, to to first work from a script, we're going to ask them to first memorize it, and then when they move from uh, memorizing it, we're going to ask them to internalize it. So you go from memorization to internalization, and then from internalization, we're going to ask them to 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 take one more step and personalize that script. And I may sit with a person who's going to go out and sell an insurance product or a mortgage or solar or whatever, you know, we're, we're training someone to sell. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask them to, to, to role play 50 times, a hundred times until they move from memorization to, to personalization. And that eliminates about 50% or 75% of the guesswork. If we go back to my good friend, John J. Mulcalski's theory, mm-hmm. you've got to say the right thing. So the first thing I want someone to, and if someone is listening today and they have the ability to make a note, I want them to make this note. Do not wing it. 
don't wing it. There's no reason to wing it. Regardless of the product you're selling and the market you're selling it to, someone has a good script, and I don't want you to wing it. I want you to model something that's already working. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. And I really like that methodology behind it about first memorize it, internalize it, and then personalize it. Because I equate it to, and I could be off base, but I equate it to stand-up comedy. When people see a stand-up comedian, they think to themselves, oh, it just looks like they're winging it. But the truth is, is that they're not. I mean, it's like honed, it's been tested, it's been worked. And that's the same thing with the sales script, but we never think of it that way. Like if we're going out and we're selling what we do, we never think of the fact that, oh, we should really have a script that we really know down to the ground. That's It's not a script anymore. We just know it's what to say. Yeah. Right, yeah. We've worked it so much that it's become a part of us. It's not a, it's not a true script anymore, but we're also not, Winging it, and that could be a, a product, a service, or even your, you know, your presence in the office or whatever. You know, it's anything that right. you it's need like to sell down to the ground. Well, we have to take our next break, but uh. when we come back, we have so many more questions for you, Joe. This has been great. Um, stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Joe Bazzello. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Oof. Okay, so segment three, um, we're learning a lot from our special guest expert on selling, Joe Bazzello, and his website is Cap Equation, C-A-P-E-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N, CapEquation.com. The Cap Equation is Joe's formula for success in sales, and it's made up of Three components, and it's your competencies, your attitude, and your pipeline practice. I think did I get that right, Joe? Absolutely, right on the excellent. Um, so you know, first thing I want to say is, um, you know, letting you speak for the first half hour, um, I get a sense that I know what's in the book, and I think the book the cap equation, if it's anything like what you've been sharing with us, it's a great read because talking to you is really cool. Um, and I just love um, the way you kind of break it down. You know, we're technologists, uh, Eva and I, and um, technology has changed over the years. And we often say the same thing, that training in corporate hasn't really kept up. Mm-hmm. And man, it never occurred to us that the same is true with selling. Like, uh, like you say, Joe, right? 
the millennials buy different than, you know, the, uh, the ones in the previous generation. So that your sales techniques have to evolve as well, right? Absolutely. And, and, uh, the biggest change is we've gone from, uh, pitching. When I got mm-hmm. in, into sales 35, 37 years ago, on, uh, July of 1979, they said, you've got to learn your pitch. And it was exactly that. It was a one-way pitch. And that's changed. Uh, people want to be engaged. People want to have a two-way conversation. People want to be understood, especially millennials. They want to be understood. They want to be involved. So one of the things I want listeners to do, if you're new in sales or you've been in sales and you're a veteran and you, and you want to refine and improve, I would urge you to really develop an inventory of great questions, great exploratory and discovery questions, so that you could ask those questions and, and determine which ones work best to uncover needs and opportunities that you can sell to, because that's really the way we sell today, Charlie and Eva. We ask the best questions. We have conversations that really matter with people, and we sell to there. We understand them first. We seek first to understand, and then we sell to those needs and opportunities. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, Joe is really cool. Right? He's really good. Yeah. Um, so, and I remember when we met Joe. You say, say the right things, right? That's important. Um, and uh, some of the sales um, people we've been in contact with previously would change that to, and I don't mean I don't mean this um, belligerently. Erase the board, find their pain, and just sell to it. Nothing else really matters. And um, it just seemed to me that it was such a turnoff to have to um, live like that, that we almost got turned off in our own business. If, if the only way to succeed is to find the pain and sell to it, kind of like what you hear in the in politics today, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's harsh and it's not positive. And I, you know, like when, when you talk about your, 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 the A, the attitudes, to me, that's hope, right? You want to, you want to provide the hope and the ups, uh, you want to be positive. Um, and that's what I like about the cap equation. You're not out there, you know, as a bully just saying, find the pain and sell to it. That might have been true in the 60s. I don't really know. Or does it still hold true today? I don't know, right? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, is that something that uh, that you're aware of, like sell to the pain? Yeah, there, um, there's definitely a, there's a, a movement, I'll call it a methodology, out there that, you know, discover, the, uncover the pain points and then agitate, they use the word agitate that pain and then sell to it. And I think there are times when that, I call that industrial strength, Charlie and Eva. Uh, I think sometimes you can wear a silk glove and get just as far uh, versus putting on a boxing glove. And I, I like to think about, again, uh, our prospects are no different than us. Whatever, you know, if your prospect, the person you want to sell might be your boss to give you a promotion. And they're no different than us. They have needs. They're, they're, they have uh, problems. They have opportunities. How can we solve some of those Problems for them. How can we? Uh, how can we be part of the opportunity? How can we be part of a positive process? So 
I think there are times when finding pain points and agitating them are important in an overall sales process. I just like to come from a very positive place. I like to I like to ask uh, someone a couple of questions, and I think if someone's listening today, that these will be takeaways that will be probably worth their weight in gold to you. One of the things I like to ask, and, and even this speaks to your earlier question. Your earlier question was, how do you discover why you're not selling someone? You 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 remember you asked in a different way, but what you're really asking is if we don't sell someone, how can we figure out why? Was that pretty right. much what you're asking? Exactly, yes. Okay, so I have a question that could put you in a position that could tee you up uh, to have that conversation. And w- there's two questions I, I really always like to ask when I'm ready to sit down. And, I, you know, most of my selling, some of it's been individual over the kitchen table over the years, but most of it's been B2B, business to business. And mm-hmm. let's just take that example. Let's say we're talking with a busy business owner that has given me their time and attention for 20 minutes or 30 minutes to present my, my programs. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm going to say to him up front, just to kind of break the ice and have some fun, is I'm going to say, Charlie, Eva, thank you so much for inviting me into your office today. Other than the fact that I'm this really good-looking, chubby Italian guy, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Why were you interested in meeting with me? Why did you grant me your time and attention today? And it's a very positive way to start because if you think about it, that's a, a very big question. I call these big questions. It's an open-ended question. They can't answer it with a yes or no. They actually have to think and answer it with a couple of sentences or a paragraph or two. They actually have to tell me what their interest in my company or organization or my product is, don't they? Yes, right. it's a good idea. I like it. And it's a it's a very nice way to start the conversation. Other than the fact that I'm such a charming and good-looking devil, why did you decide <laughs> to give me your time and attention? What were you hoping to accomplish today? Oh, well, yeah. I've heard about your company. I've heard about your product. We're really interested in blank. And it leads you into that engaging conversation. Now, the, the other thing I like to, to do, and it's really not a question, it's really more of a statement, I like to give them permission to say no. And a lot of new salespeople are scared to death to do this, but a professional salesperson is never afraid to give a prospect the permission to say no. And it, it kind of sounds something like this, Charlie and Eva, I'd say, um, Thanks so much for having me in. I, I just, up front, I kind of want to preface our, our brief time together today by just letting you know. I just want to give you permission to say, no, I want you, I want to let you know it's perfectly okay after I present maybe some solutions to some needs that you have. If it's not the right time or this isn't the right solution, I want to tell you right up front, I have a very thick skin. It's okay if you say, no, this is not the right product or this is not the right fit for us. And then I would also appreciate uh, the professional courtesy of letting me know why so I know if I need to follow up with you or how I might follow up with you if you want me to do that. Is that fair enough, Charlie Neva? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, uh, You take away all of the uh, the angst around right. yes. uh, on both sides, right? I mean, we were we at a situation that. where we couldn't leave the room, right? right? <laughs> we were not allowed. We couldn't. We said, thank you. Um, we will think about it. We we could not leave the room, you know. Uh, so I I agree with not your easily. way. I mean, not we easily. Could always, yeah. always leave, but yeah, we were. Yeah, no, I agree, uh, uh, Joe. Now, in in the cap equation, we find techniques like this and suggestions and lessons learned and and advice like what you're discussing. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you will. The the book is uh, broken down into 
uh, several parts. Part one are the foundational concepts, and that is how you should resolve to make it, what they you know don't teach you in school. It's, it's how to survive that first three months to six months. Uh, part two is, it are the competencies. Um, uh, why mastering them is so critical. Uh, a bit about prospecting, a bit about engaging and trial closing and, and, and listening. I actually uh, uh, spend several chapters just talking about the art of asking for the sale and closing. And part three is really about those million-dollar attitudes, uh, the million-dollar mindsets. And then uh, part four is about the pipeline, that multiplier, how, how uh, tracking our pipeline and being very fastidious about the leads that are that are moving through our pipeline. And then part guess, five is, go ahead. I just want to say that part four with the pipeline, I guess that's where a lot of the analysis and legwork and busy work comes in, right? You're going to have to do a lot of metric managing and so on with all of that information, right? Yes, and you're absolutely right. I'm, you know, preaching to the choir when I'm talking to you about some of these concepts. I know some of these things you can teach backwards and forwards, but you're absolutely right when – uh, when I get to a lot of sales organizations where they're they're struggling, a lot of them, a lot of salespeople and entry level salespeople don't even know their conversion ratios, and they have no um, uh, CRM to to quantify their data or keep track of their leads. So we really cover a whole gamut in the book, and then we have some other resources. Uh, several times a year, we'll run a Cap Equation Boot Camp where they could uh, come onto a program. We're starting that program back up. If someone subscribes, we'll get some information on it. And for less than a dollar a day over the course of a year, they could be part of a program that even offers a group and some live uh, coaching as well. So there's there's a lot of resources there. And, we, and it's such a big subject when you think of um, selling and you think of not just prospecting, but the art of presenting and closing and asking for referrals, which is so huge. Everyone wants to know more about how to get referrals. And we have a whole system around that that we teach. So, yeah, we... Uh, we really don't leave any stones unturned, and, and selling is so much fun, and it's my passion to see people not fail in sales. That's really why I do this. No, I, I love the uh, approach, and I, I like you said earlier, um, asking for the sale, not you know, not um, having the audience in the palm of your hand that they beg for the sale. You know, sometimes, and that's really eternal. You know, I when you when you say ask. It just shows respect, and that's part of the attitude, I think, that's uh, that's needed. Um, I thought there was something really key that you said, Joe, when you said sales is so much fun. And I think that makes all the difference. You know, when you approach it from a place of competency, but yet you approach it from a place of fun, and you're looking forward to talk to the different prospects, and you're looking forward to presenting, you can feel that. You can feel that coming through in in the sales presentation. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. We're, we're going to take our last break, and when we come back, we want to talk about some new stuff mm-hmm. that uh, we want to find out about, um, Joe, from you. Uh, but before we go, I just have a quick question, uh, because the time does fly, right? Uh, and again, capequation.com. These techniques are independent of product or service, right? I mean, uh, direct sales versus multi-level marketing versus B2B. I mean, these would work for all of the above, I would think, right? 
Absolutely. I have a, a ton of uh, outside sales people that sell over the kitchen table, sell to individuals. I have business-to-business people. I have IBOs and network marketing professionals. So whatever product you're selling and whatever market you're selling it to, or if you're recruiting people to sell those products, the CAP equation is universal. That was written uh, so that the principles would be transferable to whatever product or whatever market you were involved with. Absolutely. I think uh, the CAP equation sounds to me like a bestseller, <laughs> right? Um, okay, so stay with us. Uh, this is great. CAPEquation.com is where you want to be. Uh, we're learning a lot of great stuff from our special guest, Joe Pizzello. We will be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. We are back. It's segment four. I got it right this time. And our guest today is Joe Bazzello. He's a nationally recognized expert on the art of selling. And you can tell just by listening, right? Yes, you can. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, he is the author of The Cap Equation, a foolproof formula for unlimited success in sales. And I believe it because we've really learned a lot today. And you can learn more at his website at the cap, not the, at capequation.com. And if you sign up today, you will also receive an ebook and audiobook for the next three days, which is a great offer. So thank you so much for that, Joe. Um, oh, my pleasure. So before we go into your new book, I did have one more question for a lot of our listeners aren't actually in sales. However, we were kind of talking at the beginning of the show about how you know, we all really have to sell ourselves, even if we're working in a corporate job. No matter what we're doing, there's always going to be an opportunity for us to have to sell ourselves. And so what are some of the strategies when it comes to creating a personal brand? I think that the best and brightest climbing the corporate ladder today uh, are extremely aware. They're aware of their surroundings. Uh, I think one of the best things they could do, I, we talked about modeling earlier. We talked about modeling sales scripts and not winging it. Mm-hmm. But doesn't that same thing apply to uh, the workplace? One of the first lessons I ever learned in sales when I joined Penn Life way back in 1979, there was an individual by the name of Bud Cole who was the agency vice president. And Bud was 6'9". Now, I'm 5'8". So he was over <laughs> a foot taller than me. And uh, Bud was an intimidating figure, and he came over. I was in the back of the room eating the free donuts and coffee on the Monday morning sales meeting. He came over. He said, you know, and I'd only been around for a few weeks. He said, I've, I've watched you, and you've got some production on the board, and you seem like a very sharp and energetic young man. He said, I want you to go buy a book, and I want you to read it. And he asked me to go uh, purchase Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm. Hill, very, very famous book. It was the first book I ever read 
on having a positive mental attitude. And the book just opened up a new world for me. I, I still have the original copy sitting on my bookshelf uh, here in my home office and studio. And uh, it, it's one of my most treasured possessions because it, it really taught me that anything that uh, I, could, I could dream of, I could become. And the stories and the analogies and, and the training in that book were phenomenal. But he said, I want you to go buy it and read it. And, and of course, in 1970-90, but we didn't have a uh, Amazon. We had to actually get in our car and go right. down the street and, and buy a book. Yes, we did. And book, <laughs> yeah, and we did. And the book was $3, and I read it, and I read it again. And I was on my third reading with my yellow highlighter and my, my – uh, my felt pen underlining and highlighting things. And it was a, a, about three weeks later, he caught up with me. He said, did you purchase that book? I said, yeah. He said, did you read it? I said, I'm on my third time. And his eyes got very big because he found a, you know, he, he found a, a soulmate. He said, really? And he gave me a pop quiz and I, I passed the, the pop quiz with flying colors. He knew I'd, I'd read the book and, and uh, swallowed the training. And he said, I, I want you to know something. He said, Five years from now, you're going to be a product of two things, what you read, your input, and who you associate with. And he was right. Five years from that point, I was almost exactly a product of who I chose to associate with and what input you know I, I put into my brain. So isn't this applicable for everyone out there right now in corporate America? We can think about, we, we tell our kids this, we tell our kids that be careful who your friends are and don't let friends that are, you know, off on a negative tangent influence you. We tell our kids that, but do we practice that? Do we choose carefully who we're involved with at our workplace? Do we involve ourselves with the most positive peers, the peers that can feed us, that we could model ourselves after? So I, I would challenge everyone out there, whether you're in sales or not, if you want to grow in business and grow in corporate America, grow in your position, who are you modeling, who are you surrounding yourself with, and what input are you allowing into I call the brain the coconut. That's my slang for the brain. So <laughs> what input are you allowing into your coconut? Because I can assure, and you know this to be true, I can assure every listener out there that in five years from now, they're going to be in their career, they're going to be a product of who they associated with professionally and, and what input they allowed into their brain. No, I, I, so when I, I hear stuff like this, I always I say, oh, if only I could start over. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with it. Yeah, I, I, I do. I always say that the people that I hung around with when I was young, especially, made a huge impact in what I did with my career. It made a huge difference. Hmm. Um, no, that's terrific. And so I'm going to switch gears a little bit because you are also an author of a novel. And we wanted yes. to talk about that because we only have about four minutes left. And so I wanted to to quickly get to that before we ended the show. So tell us a little bit about Drawing Circles. It sounds really great. Well, it, it is. Uh, it, it, the reviews have been uh, just overwhelming and, and really heartwarming. Uh, Drawing Circles is a novel, but it's based on a true story. It's loosely autobiographical. Um, and it's, it's a story that I had a front row seat for. Uh, back in the early to mid-1980s here in Los Angeles, California. And it's really about uh, the largest real estate Ponzi scheme ever perpetrated uh, in this area. And the gentleman who perpetrated it uh, was uh, my best friend at the time, the best man uh, at my wedding. And uh, okay. it was a – it was a, if you ever – you know, we, we 
you know, Bernie had a little Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. <laughs> that we mm-hmm. learned about recently. And uh, there's a movie. Uh, I think De Niro is going to play Bernie in in the in the in the story of that mm-hmm. uh, very famous Ponzi scheme. This was a much smaller scale, but really, the it, this book uh, dives into the the very cryptic business uh, called multi-level marketing because this Ponzi scheme was born out of an MLM organization. So if you don't know anything about multi-level marketing or network marketing, this book will be. Uh, this story in this novel will be an education on the, on the cryptic world of multi-level marketing. And also, really, in a, a kind of a journey through some life-altering events. Uh, and, and really, it, it, tells, it, it, it tells people and shows people what happens, you know, after uh, the, the Ponzi scheme is perpetrated. I follow the characters for uh, a good 25 or 30 years. And so many people uh, have commented, have asked, you know, can you tell me who those characters were based on? I have no interest in doing that. Some of them went to jail for a long time. Uh, me and my family lost $470,000 and in this uh, Ponzi scheme, and lives were ruined and marriages were ruined. Wow. Uh, it was just horrible. And I don't, you know, people don't realize, you know, when one person makes a decision to do something criminal, um, we don't realize the ripple effect, the butterfly uh, effect that that has on uh, on lives. Oh, yeah. So, and I, you know, uh, thank God I recovered from it. I went on to become a multi-billionaire in sales. I built a $100 million organization, a sales organization with a little company that has a spokesduck, a company called Aflac, if you've ever heard of them. Oh, and I wow. went on to hold a vice president's position with other Fortune 500 companies, including uh, Transamerica. So I had a great corporate career, but I learned so many lessons. Uh, several of the reviews that came back on Amazon that I read almost brought a tear in my eye because people said this book, you know, is a cautionary tale, and I learned so many life lessons that I want to make sure I apply and I tell others to apply. And right, so, I was thinking yeah. about that, right, that drawing circles could be a heads-up on paths to look out for, right, that you don't mm. want to go down. Exactly. No, that's terrific, and I think it's terrific that you took the time to create a novel out of this story. I mean, that's a that's a big undertaking. That's not an easy undertaking. Well, you so can tell Joe has a lot of words in him. He does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we could we could talk for another three hours as usual, especially because I also worked for Transamerica for many years. But um, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. What a Isn't that great funny? Well, Joe, thank you so much. I mean, unfortunately, we're out of time, but this has been a terrific show, and thank you for. Um, sharing all this knowledge with our listeners and we'll definitely point our listeners in the direction of your website in order for them to get the e and audio books because i think that's terrific so thank you for that as well yeah my uh, pleasure they're they're uh, complimentary and you know no uh, no strings attached i just i i believe in giving a lot back and i really appreciate you guys having me on thanks a lot no and uh let me echo what eva said uh we are just grateful we learned a lot you really bring it joe and uh, this has been uh, an honor for us. So we, we learned a lot, and our listeners are grateful as well. Thank you, and have a great Thanks. holiday. Yep. Take you, care. You have great holidays, too. Thank you. Okay. See you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Um, oh, man, he is just something. No, it's terrific. And, again, it's um, the website is capequation.com. And if you sign up, you will get a free ebook and a free audio book, and it's a lot, a lot of great information. And the book is called The Cap Equation. 
um, a foolproof formula for unlimited success in sales, and I believe it. I mean, he's terrific. And we've made notes already. We have takeaways. We've got to do scripts. and Yes, we did. So thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. We hope you have a great holiday. And thank you to our producer, Dave Olson, for all your help. And we will see you next week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Take care. Bye, guys.